Welcome to The Neighborhood, a Mr. Rogers Tribute Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Lee James of rickleejames.com, and I run the Mr. Rogers Quotes Twitter account found at Mr. Rogers Say. As we again walk into this podcast neighborhood, I want you to know that no matter where you are from, you are welcome here. I'm glad to be your neighbor. Every daughter, every son, every tribe, and every tongue, in the spirit of Fred Rogers and the life of welcome that he lived, welcome to the neighborhood. Well, it has been a little while since we had a visit in this podcast neighborhood, just because life is busy, but I am so glad to tell you all who are listening that this week we have guests. (laughs) We have both singer and songwriter J.J. Heller and her husband Dave Heller, who also is a wonderful songwriter, and they are a wonderful team together, and we are going to talk about some of the great things that they do together, including J.J.'s latest single called Neighbor. So J.J. and Dave Heller, I am so glad that you have stopped by our podcast neighborhood today. Welcome to the neighborhood. (laughs) Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, a lot of our listeners may know this already about you, um, but you're talented musicians. Uh, You hosted a wonderful podcast called Instrumental with some amazing interviews, and there were some uh, Fred Rogers kind of centered interviews, actually, uh, with Mm -hmm. with guests that you had on that show. So I want to encourage everyone, first of all, if they haven't had a chance to listen, and we will have links in the notes of this show where hopefully, if everything works the way it's supposed to on the internet, while they're listening to this podcast, they can go to the notes and click a button, and they'll take right mm-hmm. take them right to it. Um, but in addition to to that podcast, I think probably what both of you are known the most for is the beautiful music that you make together. And so I'm really glad to be able to have a chance to talk to you about that today. I want all of our listeners to know they need to wait till the very end because we are going to play your new single, Neighbor. But just before we do that, I wonder if you could both tell us your Fred Rogers story. It seems like everyone that I speak with on this podcast anyway, and a lot of people outside this podcast, they all seem to have a story about Fred Rogers, the way that he touched their life. Some people say they grew up with him. Some people say they only found him in recent years, but it seems like everyone has some story. So I wonder if you could just treat us to your Fred Rogers story today. (laughs) Do you want to go first, Dave, or do you want me to go? You should go first. Okay. Well, I watched Fred Rogers a little bit as a kid, but I feel like recently more recently when i saw the documentary that's when everything kind of came alive for me it's funny like as an adult to see just the incredible value of the work that he did in bringing people together in seeing the humanity and the dignity in everyone no matter how old they were or if they had a disability or you know didn't matter the color of their skin he he just showed them love and attention. And it makes me think of uh, recently, somebody told me that attention is the greatest form of love. And it's just an interesting concept to ponder. And I think that Fred Rogers really 
embodied that. Um, it kind of also, it makes me think of, um, how I enjoyed the Chronicles of Narnia as a kid, but going back to it as an adult, like there is just a whole new layer of meaning and wonder. And it, so it kind of feels the same way for me with, with Fred Rogers. It's like, I know that the content that he made was more specifically for children, but as an adult, that's where I find it's like really resonating with me. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, attention as one of the greatest forms of love, I think is how you said it. I, mm-hmm. I really love that. And I, and I will tell you, as someone who is working uh, currently as a hospital chaplain too, uh, I tell people all the time that my job is to witness people, not, mm-hmm. not witness to them, but to witness them and, uh, and allow them to be seen and heard. And I think what you just said, uh, I think, yes, that is something that Fred Rogers did so well. I don't know how he uh, was able to uh, talk to us on the screen and make us feel like we were heard, but he had that special <laughs> gift, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, David, do you have a, a similar story or, or your own personal Fred Rogers story? Yeah, I mean, uh, watching PBS as a kid w- was just sort of a normal thing in our household. Or like, I remember uh, going to... Uh, like the babysitter's house and like, and having PBS on. And a lot of the time, like Mr. Rogers neighborhood was a little bit confusing to me as a kid. It was like, why is he taking off this sweater and putting on another sweater? Or, you know, like I couldn't understand like the difference between like dress shoes and relaxing shoes. It's like, now he has shoes on again, I guess. (laughs) Um, But it, it, yeah, it is. It's funny to me to look back and, and see the way that uh, on the one hand, he, like he was very much communicating to children. Yeah. Uh, and, and then at the same time, being a kid and having some of that communication sort of like miss me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, like his program was incredibly approachable. Mm-hmm. And um, and music played such a, a huge part of that. Um, oh, and it, it wasn't until... Uh, we started making a record in 2018 um, where we were trying to find uh, a bunch of uh, like songs that parents could sing to their kid that um, that were already well known Mm. um, that wouldn't necessarily be confused with a love song it's like it, it had to be a popular song that fit into this sort of framework that we were trying to use to create this playlist. And, um, and at the time, a friend of ours, who's a big Mr. Rogers fan, uh, had asked JJ to just make a quick little recording of uh, the song, It's Such a Good Feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of like a live thing for JJ, like put it out on the internet, piano vocal. And so we told our producer like hey can can you figure out it's such a good feeling and he was like i love that song right <laughs> and so like we made this little tiny video um and then uh we were already in the studio and j- there was something about the way that that song that message that melody all resonated and also had this like incredible 
nostalgia sort of mm-hmm. em- embodied in it where uh it, it just brought back all of these memories of mr rogers singing yeah. uh, just like such words of comfort it's like i'll be back when the day is new like i'll have more ideas for you and like we'll have things to talk about like it's it's just like so sweet um and uh and so we kind of built out that track with like all of this orchestration and it's one of my favorite songs that jj has ever recorded and Um, it ended up being the first track on that record that's that's right yeah Yeah. um and and so i i think like it's interesting to me to see both the way that uh, Fred Rogers like spoke tangibly, spoke through his actions, and then also melodically and musically. Yeah. Um, it, it's like he's touching on all of these different ways that people end up resonating. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually part of the brilliance of Fred Rogers is that mm-hmm. like he didn't condense it to just a single way of communicating, but it was like this sort of holistic mm. uh, approach that kind of hit people wherever they happened to resonate. Yeah. Oh, those those are great stories from both of you, and and what a beautiful arrangement. You're right. I, I really appreciate the. It's such a good feeling. I, I've heard a number of people do that arrangement over the years, and everybody. Can, I guess that's the sign of a good song is lots of people can do it in lots of different styles and make it feel their own and all of them feel just as credible it's all the same you know <laughs> they, they all have found their uh, they've put their own soul into it I guess I would say and, and yours is a wonderful version of that so thank you for sharing that with the world um, and you know as I'm as I'm just sitting here thinking about music and Fred Rogers and you're right it was so much a part of everything that he did. I think he wrote hundreds of songs. And and uh, a friend of mine, Dennis Scott, who has been on this show before, has actually won a couple of Grammys for his Mr. Rogers cover albums that he's done with uh, different musical artists that have come through. Mm-hmm. And I'm always amazed when um, a different artist will give their take on a song that we've all heard and that we've all known. It's decidedly different. But it's still the same song, and it, it has a power uh, to help each person express themselves in that way. And as I think about your music, uh, as I especially think about this new song, Neighbor, which I, which I really love, it almost felt like to me, um, as I was listening to it and then listening to it again and again, it felt like, okay, this is what Mr. Rogers was trying to teach us, and now we're grown-ups, and we need mm. to live this way, you know, because because the world gets more complicated as you get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes neighbors are more difficult to love, uh, and I and I and I, I'd love to get into you know some of the the lines in the songs about you know you're more than just the sign in your yard and and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but it, it's a complicated place, and I and I know Fred Rogers was hoping. Uh, just from things that I've read and videos I've watched of him being interviewed, that we would grow up, those of us who were in the neighborhood, to be those kinds of people in the world and those kinds of neighbors who would show that kind of generosity. Um, if you don't mind, let me share with you how I first heard the song. Uh, yeah. It was by somebody who I believe is one of your neighbors or lives nearby you, um, uh, David French. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he, put out a, he puts out a newsletter every Sunday, and I subscribe to it. And this week, uh, as he does every week, he featured a song. And this past Sunday, it was your song, Neighbor. And he had written a very 
very difficult article about some of the ways that Christian nationalism has really taken the church to a dark turn, you know, and, and a lot of the different um, difficulties that we're having as neighbors loving each other. And it just felt like such a wonderful way to end that. The whole article was with your song. And it hit me right in the heart, and I thought, oh, I need to share that. And it started resonating um, on the Twitter site that we have, the at Mr. Rogers Say site, which uh, I'm so pleased that, that people have discovered it. They've been sharing it and talking to each other about it. So this gives us a chance today to just kind of do a little bit of behind the music on that song and I'm gonna stop talking so much so I can hear from you (laughs) but but all this all of my blabbing right now is just to say how much of a fan I am and and to thank you for for putting this important music into the world the last thing I'll say about it before I would like to just ask you to tell the story behind it um, is as I think about how we do this work of loving our neighbor the world doesn't change in big ways always for good when it happens in a mass way sometimes it's really bad sometimes it's a pandemic (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but when we change the world in good ways it's sometimes that slow difficult work of just simply loving where we are and being those neighbors and i appreciate so much that that's what your song captures so i will stop uh, complimenting and stop talking and i wonder <laughs> if you all could just kind of share some of the behind the music of that song with us today sure well i think a lot of times the way that i process through things is by writing a song and that was definitely true of this song neighbor um so back in 2020 tensions were high. I mean, I don't have to tell anybody that, um, with the pandemic and politically. And, um, and so what happened was, um, a friend of mine posted something about, uh, a petition to sign about like a community thing. And to me, I read it and I thought, you know what, Signing this petition feels like it serves people in in my community and honors people in my community. And and so I'm going to I'm going to sign it. And then I posted it on my neighborhood Facebook page. And I thought, okay, I know this is probably going to ruffle some feathers here. And I know that people are going to disagree with me, but this is something that I believe in. And so I'm going to I'm going to post about it. And it's a private page. Like you have to be in the neighborhood to be able to, to post on this page. When all was said and done, there were over 300 comments on my post about this petition. And wow. I, I I couldn't believe it. And normally, I mean, if you listen to my music, you can tell I, I am a non-confrontational person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think like 300 comments, but a lot of the people in the neighborhood don't know you as that's true. artist JJ Heller. Yeah, no. Like they just saw like, oh, this is a neighbor who's posting this thing. Right. And the majority of those comments were negative. Yes. Mm. And I'm normally just a peacemaker. I hate rocking the boat. So this was a big step for me. And and uh and then so at first I'm reading the comments and it felt so blown out of proportion that that it was funny to me and i would like mm. yell to dave look at this comment can you believe this and then 
as I kept reading, they it felt like they just kept getting meaner and meaner and they were mm. calling me names and swearing at me and telling me to move away. Mm. And and then it started to occur to me that these are not just strangers. These are people who actually live in my neighborhood. Wow. And Dave and I go for walks almost every single day, sometimes more than once a day. And so I remember going for a walk after that Facebook post and reading all those comments and thinking like, is that person the one who hates me? Is that mm. person? And just, I, and I could feel myself kind of closing down. Yeah. And for the first time thinking, maybe we should move away. I don't, I don't want to live here anymore. Like wow. th this neighborhood is full of mean, angry, hateful people. Um, and, and then it, it took a little bit of processing through it, but then I realized, oh my goodness, I'm doing the same thing to them as they're doing to me. Like mm -hmm. I, I mean, granted they did swear at me, um, but, <laughs> um, just it's jumping to, to conclusions and assuming these are bad people who mm. said this, um, and, and they have hatred in their hearts and, and I want to move away because, uh, because I don't like them. And mm. instead, um, I feel like God was <laughs> reminding me that, you know, I think so much of that stems from a place of fear inside mm. people. They're, they're afraid that someone's going to try to take something away from them. And it's so much more helpful to, to do what <laughs> Mr. Rogers did and just assume the best of people mm. um, and trust that most people are doing the best they can with mm -hmm. the knowledge that they have. Yeah. And so I, you know, I kind of took all of those thoughts with me, wrote a whole bunch of stuff down in a journal and mm -hmm. got together with Dave and our friend, Andy Gullihorn, and just yeah. kind of told him this whole story and, and, you know, all the things that I had been working through and, uh, and the, you know, the first line just kind of came to me. Sometimes it's easier to jump to conclusions mm -hmm. than walk across the street. And, you know, I just assuming the worst about people wasn't really getting me yeah. anywhere. And, and I decided I needed to spend a lot less time on that Facebook group and do most of my interacting with my neighbors face to face mm. because it's so different. Um, you know, like asking to borrow a tablespoon of cinnamon, you know, <laughs> rather yeah. than reading somebody's post about, you know, some conspiracy theory or whatever, <laughs> getting yeah. getting all worked up. And and so the song was my attempt to work through that and also just to remind myself like these are my neighbors these are the people who i'm called to love yeah. and serve and give the benefit of the doubt to yeah oh wow well you you do that in such a generous way in your song too i feel like and i'm so glad you mentioned andy gullihorn i i've had him on my other podcast voices in my head and have been mm -hmm. a fan of his uh, since his early days probably with andrew peterson when they were traveling together and mm -hmm. um i find him to be um maybe one of the least well known but one of the very best songwriters you know uh yep. around and and i can 
you all wrote something very touching together with this song. I feel like it doesn't shy away from controversy. It doesn't say there's not a problem there. Mm-hmm. It, it reaches out to say, but I'm going to embrace you anyway. You know, right. I, I love how you said that. Maybe I need to get more face-to-face rather than so online. Yeah. Um, and I have so many thoughts that come to mind because um, we we find if, if we do some study that that society tends to mirror anxieties that are also within our family units Mm. too and that worries me because the way that i see society in some ways if i'm only looking at it through my keyboard or uh, through my phone um it would make me think that the world is a very very anxious place you Mm. know and and with a lot of fears as you had mentioned um and that may in fact be the case but as you were saying when we actually talk to our neighbors not as much as that comes through as it seems to through the keyboard or through the phone (laughs) as we're going through those things um so what you have invited us to all of you through writing this song you have invited us to a beautiful grown-up way of coming into our neighborhoods and embracing each other's differences while still saying i love you and, mm-hmm. and I think that is a, a powerful thing that you have given to us. So thank you both for, for offering that through your music. I mean, I think it's a powerful tool that many of us hopefully will use in the coming days. It might be the kind of song we listen to when we need to calm ourselves down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so let me ask a, a, a songwriting question as a fellow songwriter, if you don't mind. I know everybody has... A different way of approaching the songwriting process and it's not always the same way every time um, so you said you had collected a number of things together things you had written down when you when you write with with Andy Gullhorn I know I've, I've talked with Andrew Peterson about his co-writing and he says he locks up when he's around other people so when he yeah. co-writes he does it alone somewhere else and then kind of brings it back mm-hmm. are are you those kind of writers where you tend to say oh, I'm gonna take what you gave and, and then go by myself somewhere and work on it? Or do you find that you work better together as a group? I'm just always curious when I talk to creative people. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been a huge learning curve with co-writing. It started out, gosh, like 25 years ago, I wrote exclusively by myself and then mm-hmm. slowly invited Dave into the process mm-hmm. until we got to the point where pretty much every song was co-written by the two of us. <laughs> and then we moved to Franklin, Tennessee and realized, oh my goodness, we are surrounded yeah. by incredibly talented songwriters. Yeah. So why don't we just ask them to help us and then our songs will be better. And it totally worked. The songs are better. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that. Um, And so, and that was a process too, kind of, because it's very vulnerable to co-write with somebody because you're constantly bringing these partially formed ideas Mm -hmm. and it's, it could be a really bad idea and you kind of don't know until you say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And so you have to feel safe with somebody that they're not going to ridicule you for like, oh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, so there has to be, yeah, this culture of safety in the room. Yeah. Um, but for us, I we've kind of realized that a lot of times it works best if I bring in some kind of raw material um, written ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like 
a lot of times it's it's not rhyming or any any sort of form but it's just kind of a free write like getting my thoughts out um there are generally a lot of word pictures in there um and then it's just kind of material that we can start building with um and then we generally write a couple verses and a chorus and then we get to the end of our songwriting time after three hours or so. And then um, Dave and I will work on the song on our own and sometimes like text little voice memos back and forth to the other mm-hmm. co-writer. Yeah, I think like uh, what we've learned over time is that the, uh, some people really want to finish a song in the allotted time that you're together. Mm-hmm. But the way that we really work best is that we kind of hash out some of the big ideas, some of the big melodic ideas as well. Mm-hmm. And then we live with it and just see how it feels to us. And then we kind of keep tinkering with it until we feel like we can't necessarily improve yeah. on, on the song. And so I remember specifically with the song Neighbor, It was like we had written verse one and verse two. Um, There actually, there kind of isn't a chorus, right? It's Mm. just um, uh, the first verse is talking about uh, uh, like a woman in a minivan who like has a sign in her front yard for the the upcoming election. And like, and the idea that that person is more than just the sign in in her front yard. And then like verse two is somebody who's like carpooling on their daily commute and on social media kind of like saying whatever it is that they that they want to want to say uh (laughs) but but uh like what the verse says is just behind the screen like you're exhausted from work you're tired and you're going to your phone because you're trying to feel a little less alone um and so it's sort of acknowledging that sometimes when we're tired and it's the end of the day, we can say really dumb stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and but like every, every verse ends with the idea, you are my neighbor. It's it's mm-hmm. still saying like you are more more complex than like these tribes that we've assigned for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it was like that was how far we had gotten. And it took a really long time for us to keep throwing ideas around to figure out uh, w- where is the song actually going to land. And actually, we have to give a ton of credit to Andy because he was the one who kind of cracked the code mm. on this one, um, where he was just kind of talking about how I think the bridge says something about um, the chasm is uh, between us is so wide, but it's hard to imagine the other side. Mm. Um, and the idea that like we don't have to agree to actually still love each other, yeah. um, and so uh, like he he just did a great job kind of I, landing that plane. I just need to quote the last verse because Andy wrote the whole thing and it's brilliant. <laughs> um, it goes into there's a light that shines on both the rich and poor. It goes beyond where we came from and who we voted for. Mm. Till I can't see a stranger anymore, I see mm. my neighbor. And, and I mean, that's, that's the key, right? It's like, it's so easy to just dismiss someone as a monster Mm. and they're not a monster. They're a human and, and they're, they're the one that God calls us to love. And 
Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing all the story behind that song. There's a lot to it. And you're right. I, I just feel like there is no song that does not get better once Andy Goldhorn adds his <laughs> to it. I mean, seriously, he's just he's a monster songwriter. He really yeah. is. Maybe that's some of his competitive spirit coming through because I know he loves to play games and yeah. he loves to always be winning things. But uh, all of you together, again, you've created something beautiful. And when you were talking, um, it reminded me of a Fred Rogers quote. And so I think maybe the way we'll, we'll close out today. First, I want to remind everybody um, that uh, jjheller.com is, is a great place to go and find out more about the music you make. Uh, and there's more than that. There's podcasts you've you've made, books you've written. I mean, there, there's a whole lot that they can find if they go through there. And again, if um, if the online, um, what would we call them, the online gods or whatever are working the way they're supposed to, you should be able to just click from this podcast. Um, <laughs> so I just want to refer everybody to that. But we're going to also close the show today by playing that song, Neighbor, that we have been talking about today so everybody can hear. I hope everyone will go and uh, add it to Spotify, to their favorites list, or Apple Music, or wherever they listen to music. Maybe even just buy it. Uh, that would be a wonderful way to support you as well. But I want to uh, to maybe close with this quote that your song reminded me of as you were quoting the lyrics from Fred Rogers himself. It says... A sick child is much more than his or her sickness. A person with a disability is much more than a handicap. A pediatrician is more than a medical doctor. You're much more than your job description, or your age, or your income, or your output. And I love the way that he said it. And you say it so well in your song, too. You're, you're more than the sign in your yard, you know, things like that. Uh, we are always so much more than what it appears we are on the surface. Well, thank you both, uh, David and J.J. Heller. I'm so glad to have had the chance to visit with you today. I just want to say thank you again for stopping by our podcast, Neighborhood. Thanks, Thanks so for much. having us. Sometimes it's easier to jump to conclusions Than walk across the street It's like I'd rather fill the blanks with illusions Than take the time to see You are trying to close the back door of your car you are balancing the groceries and a baby in your arms You are more than just a sign in your front yard You are my neighbor I can get so lost in the mission Defending what I think I've been surfing on a sea of opinions But just behind the screen You are grateful that the workday's finally done You are stuck in miles of traffic Looking at your phone 
Thank you for joining me here this week in the neighborhood. Music featured on the podcast today on the intro and the outro was Stay by me, Rick Lee James. That song, as well as all my other music, is available at rickleejames.bandcamp.com. Special thanks to my guest today and special thanks to the at Mr. Rogers Say community on Twitter. You all mean so much to me. I'm your host, Rick Lee James. My personal Twitter account is at Rick Lee James. My personal website is rickleejames.com. And my other podcast is Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast. And I look forward to being with you again next time. But until then, remember, you make each day a special day. You know how? By just your being you. There's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.